Hi, welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. Okay, open your Bibles to Revelation. Well, and everything's going to go flying as usual because I need a great big desk. Because I have a, at home, I have my little desk and I have my bookcase and I read things, believe it or not. Open to Revelation 21. Um, I've been going through development, developmental, development, editing. I had a good day yesterday with, was it, with J. John and everybody. We had, he is so funny, isn't he funny? Okay, so Revelation 21. Let's get there first. Let's start somewhere. Revelation 21, verse 5. Thank you. You're such a dear. I actually realized it wouldn't be right to read because I was reading through my book, editing it. And when I finished last week about the need to stretch forth and the need of declaration, I felt too, it's really important. Why are you declaring what you're declaring? And I was reading this morning in Revelation 21 verse 5. And he who is seated on the throne... You know, I don't know what kind of picture you have of God. You know, it changes. When I was a little girl, I had a picture of God with a long beard, and he was up there, and it was the Anglican church, and you didn't dare kind of go beyond the pulpit kind of thing and all that kind of stuff. And I remember, I think it was last year with Ray Hughes and Denise, we, were, we picked them up in Norwich, and she's been doing, Denise had been doing her DNA stuff in America. And she said, you know what? One of my ancestors was a lay preacher at St. Peter Mancroft. I said, are you kidding me? That was my church. That's where I grew up. You don't want to identify with that, do you? And I was a little bit like, eh, you know, because of the Anglican church thing. But I grew up in that church. And he said, no, I want to go there. Do you? I said, well, I know exactly where it is. So we drove, we were in Rod's car, and we drove around Norwich and went and parked right across from the church and walked down into the church and she found the name on the wall where one of her ancestors was. And I'm saying that to say this, when you think about your divine inheritance and you think about who you are and why we make declarations, it's because we are aligning with God. When we talk about intimacy, I made a decision this year to go back to my Isaiah 50 verse 4, he wakens me morning by morning, to go back to my time with God. And it is only when you are alone with God, and it might be here in a church meeting. I think we need some more chairs. It might, there's some in the front here if you guys are brave enough to come up the front. (laughs) But anyway... I was reading Revelation 21, 5, and our picture of God, that's great, anywhere there, our picture of God, listen, it says, he who is seated on the throne said, and I think sometimes we don't have a picture of God sitting on the throne saying, talking to us. We come and we pray and we're like, blah, 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 blah. And sometimes we, okay, we understand how to pray God's word because there's power. 
his word being spoken. There's power there. But that isn't really what we're talking about. We're talking about bringing our hearts to him and letting him speak to us. Hey, what did you think about this? How do you think about the way I handled that? You know, actually asking God how he feels. And so when we come into this place here in Revelation, we read it, we see God is seated on the throne, and he says, see, I make what? All things new. Turn to somebody and say, he is making all things new. He is. (laughs) It's great. He's making all things new. You didn't know you were going to end up sitting there on the chair. I didn't know I was going to do that, but I just did it, you know. But we're not here to embarrass you. We're here to welcome you. We're here to embrace you. We're here to keep the conversation going. I learned so much from J. John yesterday. You have to see this guy. He's funny. He is funny. He was talking about his wife, and now he's Greek, and I don't know. I guess she's English. Was she? Anyway, it was funny, and I'm going to invite him because it's too... You love funny, don't you? And I don't tell jokes. Although I have been looking online at some, but they were unclean. And I was like, I don't want that. I'm not going to tell you that. You could just laugh. We can be in church and have fun. So God's seated on the throne and he makes all things new. And we know in this time, in this season, we're in a new year. We're also in a new time. He's got new songs for us. He's got new thoughts for us. He's got new messages for us. He's got new ways to do things. And like I already told you, I was sitting there the other day at my desk in the kitchen, and I was feeling a bit tearful and emotional because I was thinking about my grandchildren, and I actually would quite like to hang out with them sometimes and just buy them a Starbucks, although I actually have more money in my pocket these days to give away in other places. But I was thinking about it, and I actually dedicated, I think it was, this is our family motto above it all. I think I dedicated this book to them. I can't remember. Maybe I did. Yeah, I did. But you see, here's a picture of my grandchildren in this book. They're kids. They're still kids to me, even though Kelsey's 18 years old, going on 28. But I wanted to talk about our identity, Hers is changing because she's at Bethel. She's surrounded by other believers. And there is something powerful about being surrounded by other believers. We all believe that things come in life, but we're learning how to overcome them. And we see here in Revelation that God is actually sitting down. And he makes it new. So something comes and... You like your first thought is like, oh my gosh, you know, I can't overcome this. Then your second thought is, yes, I can. Hollywood's just a place. The media is just a kingdom. The kingdoms of this world are going to bow down and become the kingdoms of our God. And we're saying to London, Isaiah 40, London, behold your God. We're asking God by the Holy Spirit to come and to help us. Help me. That's, that's a good prayer. Help me, Holy Spirit. You need a job. You need a new house. What do you need? There is no need in heaven. When we were sitting having lunch, J. John said, okay, so where's heaven? 
So, I mean, I just kind of looked at him. I'm like, well, I've been there. It's up there. Not down there. It's up there. It's another realm. And we're about to step into not necessarily heaven, but a new realm of heaven on earth. And so we're learning. And the only way you can learn to be intimate with God and not be frightened is to get alone with him. So when I wake up in the morning, whether it's 5.30, 6.30, 3.30, whatever time it is, that kind of thinking has washed away. Because it's not about what time it is. It's about what does God want to say to me? He wants to tell me he's sitting down, he's not shook up in any storm. I mean, he's dealing with a lot of people praying. Wrong prayers, right prayers, ways to pray. And he knows how many of us are waiting and waiting and waiting for him to move. That's why sometimes you hear me, I'm just like, would you just move? (laughs) He knows best. He knows best. He knows when the people who can manage the building will be in position because their heart will be right. God is most concerned with our hearts. He's not bothered about your stuff, your outward. He's concerned to turn your heart and change your heart. And many times I remember Francis Rangipan telling Rod and I years ago, God will often offend your mind to get to your heart. He will. And you think about the things that offend you. (sighs) Give it up. So I was thinking about identity. And I was thinking how important it is to get the identity that God wants. Because yesterday, talking to J.J. and his wife, we were talking about the Rolling Stones. And he was saying how he'd met. Mandy, and I couldn't think who Mandy was. And then I said, oh, maybe she was married to Keith. And he said, well, she's not married now. And he was just sharing some personal information. And I said, oh, no, that was one of Bill's wives. I actually never met her, but she was just a young girl. But, you know, some things happened to you before you came to Christ. And they were really bad. Bad things happened. And now... You've come to Christ. You've given your heart to Christ. You've had the guts to come into a church. I remember looking for a church on Sunday mornings years ago. I'd come out of the music business and out of working for the Beatles and being around the Rolling Stones and all that stuff and being married to a pop singer. And I wanted to go to church and I kept seeing this advert in the paper in Norwich and I thought, well, I'm not going there because nobody goes down Deerham Road. You know, it was like the wrong end of town. And I was so worldly in my thinking. And actually, the man who ran that church is the man who ended up marrying Rod and I. Wonderful man, full of, full of God. And I did end up not only going to his church, but taking people I knew, Vicky Jameson, other people. I don't think I took Cindy, but other people anyway to this church. You know, you may be sitting here making decisions... And in five years' time, you'll laugh at yourself because you'll realize that was a silly decision because of the way you thought. But you get alone with God and you get into his word and you see that he is seated down. He's, he's sitting down. He's, he's not like fretting about anything. 
He's got it all in. He's got your future mapped out, and it's a good future. And the devil knows your weaknesses. So he knows how to bring people to you to feed into where you're weak. And when I look back and I think about how worldly I was and how little peace I had, it's amazing. It's amazing how God just changes your identity. He takes you away from fear and he begins to fill you with faith. And suddenly you have faith to speak English, to understand English. Suddenly you have faith that you didn't have before because basically we are a church who is growing in faith. We didn't used to have faith the way we have it now. Now we have faith to even walk up and sing a new song. It's got nothing to do with whether we can sing. It's got to do with what's come down in our heart. And whether Gosha's likes to encourage us and clap her little heart out and it may not be in time at all and whatever. She's doing her own thing. We're like, actually, that's distracting. But, you know, her heart's right. Clap, 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 clap. Who's that clapping? It's Gosha. Of course it's Gosha. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Well, Whatever. You do it. You're a good girl. And she's worshipping. And it kind of encourages us in a funny way. may not be in the flow of the river. She may be standing on the banks of the river clapping, but she's clapping. Thank God she's clapping. So anyway, I was just very aware that we need to not worry, but to declare who we are in Christ. So when I got to the end of last week and I was talking about declarations and the need for us to declare something, suddenly it's kind of come on me much more about going places and doing things. You know, we only get to live on the earth for a certain amount of years. In Hebrews 5, I think it is, says Jesus offered up definite, special petitions for the things he not only wanted but needed. I can't ask for whatever you want. I mean, I can in the sense of pastorally and the office that we stand in, but you have so much power with what's already in your heart to pray and to ask God what you want because we don't think God's listening. Right, but he has a way of kind of nudging us and pushing us in the hot seat. Oh, don't look at me like that, really. I can't, I'm not too tired this morning to be bothered with that. But it is at the cross that we find, and look at this in John 19. If you want to pop it up, John 19, verse 25. By the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. Here, here stood these people around the cross that actually knew him intimately. Deji was talking about intimately. I don't know how often you go by the cross, but you need to go by it every day. 
yesterday when J. John was talking, he was talking about, do you know how you get to Jesus? You go by King's Cross. <laughs> He's so funny. I was like, huh? You got to go by King's Cross. You know, the guy just out there. <laughs> but anyway, thinking about the people who Jesus loves, Jesus knows you intimately He knows what you're thinking about right now. And he knows that worry is meditating on the negative. That's all worry is. That's why he says, don't worry, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication. You know, I have to remind myself, I've led prayer meetings for a long time and been at a lot of prayer meetings. But I have to remind myself, did I pray about that? And when I get up and I go and I sit down in the morning in my chair, which is my place to pray in the morning, and I've made a decision. I've told it to you before. I bypass my laptop and my phone. I bypass my stuff. I've got a list. I actually haven't even had time to do a list, but <laughs> whatever. There's plenty of things to chase in life. There's plenty of things to do. But what's important is being led by the Spirit. And the Spirit will lead you to confrontation. It will lead, he will lead you, not it, he will lead you to places where you need him. The places that we are right now are places that we need to grow in grace. Whether it's the media, whether you're carrying a dream, it's going to change nations, it's going to change the world. Whether you're carrying something that's just going to change your next door neighbor or your child, it's not the issue. The issue is, are you willing to do it God's way? And God's way is for us to bow our knee. God's way is for us to say, that's not holy. That alliance is not holy the way you're thinking. I want you to love. I want you to pray. I want you to bless. I want you to be my disciple. And I know, well, we can go to Isaiah 50, verse 4, if you want, but you probably know it. I shared it. God used to use this scripture to wake me up morning by morning. Well, and there goes another one. See, because I get in my Bible in the morning and I stick things in to remind me to look at it again. And what did I use this for? I repositioned Jesus in my life. That's what came to me yesterday. Repositioning God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit in your life. What happened to me with the life-changing thing in Isaiah 50, verse 4, God kept waking me up morning by morning because I was praying it. Now, just let me say something. Prayer is for the future. So whatever you're praying about is your future. And like I say to people, your future is as good as your prayer life. Ouch. That was an ouch. You can say ouch if you want. It's okay. So I used to say, oh, I wish wish I'd be one of those people that could wake up in the morning and I'd get up and you'd talk to me. I wish I could get some discipline going in my life. And this scripture would come to me. The servant of God, Isaiah 50, verse 4 from the Amplified. The servant of God says, The Lord God has given me the tongue of what? A discipled one. 
So what do you, you know, it comes right down to the words of your mouth. God said to Moses, I'll be with you. I'll be with your mouth. And Moses had to go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. That's a pretty hard assignment. Are we slaves? Are we servants? Are we children? Do you speak to your money and say, let go and come and your wealth? No, we don't because religious. Like my mother always used to tell me, Julie, you must never speak of money or Jesus in the same sentence. And I was terrified to take offerings, receive offerings. I was frightened. I didn't know money was the exchange of this life and it was just money. It's just stuff. You're looking at me like, oh, we've heard that before. Okay, but doing it is a whole nother realm. It's kind of like your identity. It begins to change. My identity began to change in California in 1978 after I went to heaven. The Holy Spirit took me up and I looked from a different perspective. I looked at the earth. And I saw like this rat's nest going around and round and round, moving. I thought, what the heck is all that? Well, it was spirits. I was in the spirit. The Holy Spirit took me up, took me out of my body. You say, well, I, that didn't happen to me. I can't believe like that. Well, open the Bible and ask God, disciple me. Teach me what I need to be doing. Because in those days, I didn't pray. I had this house I'd rented in Brentwood, and Jamie, my son, was about four. I was a single parent. Fortunately, it was quite cool to be a single parent in L.A. because I'd been married to a rock star, so that was okay. But in England, of course, it was totally against the law, you know. So I was not welcome in Norfolk society, and I I felt like alone in London. But in L.A., It was okay. I was kind of okay to be myself. I could be myself. And I used to walk the beach and I used to say to God, I used to talk to God all the time. He was my friend. He was the one I learned to trust. And I learned to be surprised by him. You have to be expectant and be surprised by God. God's got some surprise. Why don't you just pray right now? Father, thank you for the surprise that you have for me today. Amen? In Jesus' name. And something is coming towards you that's going to surprise you. Thank you. Yeah. I receive the surprise. Thank you. It's good, isn't it? The Holy Spirit has a wonderful way of just surprising you. It's it's okay. It's okay to be like non-religious. It's okay to just talk to God. And say, help. He's a present help. Many times I say to him, help. Because he's a present help in time of trouble. You didn't accidentally read that psalm. That was totally for me. That was great. I don't remember which one it was. 57, I think. I'll have to read it again. You said, oh. You know, sometimes we say, I don't know why I'm doing this. But the Proverbs tells us, I think it's Proverbs 16, the accidental things are ordered by the Lord. You didn't walk in here by accident. It was ordered. Your steps were ordered. Somebody's praying for you guys. Your mum, your grannies, I don't know, us lot. <laughs> Somebody is. It's a, it's a walk. It's a journey with God. So we're on a journey, a faith journey. So I want to give you some scriptures. 
I'm just going to kind of go through them quickly. Isaiah 43, verse 1. Now, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, he who formed you, fear not, for I have redeemed you. Now, think about redemption. I have something in my spirit about the whole music of the 60s and redemption coming to the nations. And something's going to happen in London with musicians. So I thank God for Gosha. You came up and prayed for all the musicians. And, you know, it looks impossible. But wait a minute. God's a redeemer. What is there in your life that God can redeem? Your marriage, your finances, your health, your emotions, something. You're his child. When children come, when my kids come and they want to be with me, I want to help them. God wants to help you. He's so good. He's so amazing. He wants to help you. Psalm 100 verse 3 says, Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us. And we are his. We are his people. The sheep of his pasture not going to go without food. You're not going to go without goodness. You're his sheep. It's up to him. Where I go, what I wear, who I am, what I do, it's his, it's his, it's about God. When you start making your life's decisions about what God wants, things change. Things change remarkably. First Samuel 12, 22, for the sake of his great name, The Lord will not reject his people. He's not going to reject me. Because the Lord was pleased to make you his own. You have to tell yourself, hey, I'm not rejected. I've done terrible things. I can't remember them. (laughs) Oh, dear. I'm not going to tell you because I can't remember But God told me when I was saved, your sins were many, but now you're forgiven. Yesterday we heard Jajun say, you're forgiven, lovable. Well, come on, tell tell somebody, you're forgiven, lovable, capable. I'm a capable, intelligent woman. I'm the ice woman. (laughs) There There were four, though, weren't there? Valuable. And he crushed up a 20 pound note. And even when it was crushed up, it was still a 20-pound note. You fa- it was really good. Some of you don't feel very valuable. You're valuable to God. He's invested a lot in you. It took a lot to get you here today. It took effort to get where you are. And you have hardly begun to scratch the surface. When I think about us going into the media, oh, my gosh, that is... In one sense, it's scary, but it's exciting. There's an excitement in this camp. There's an excitement because we're moving from this realm of the natural realm, which is faith. Then there's anointing. When you put anointing on your faith, good Lord, look out. But then you move into the glory. Then you move into the third realm of the spirit where Everything's fine. Everything's gorgeous. Everything's wonderful. You're just bathed in this light. 
It's it's so intimate. Holy Spirit, come. What we can just not just keep singing it. We've got to mean it. We've got to embrace it. What does it mean for the Holy Spirit to come to Hollywood, to London, to the media, to Paris, to New York? What does it mean? Is it just a prayer? I feel like we're coming up to a place where we've caught up with our prayers. So we need to learn some new things. Ephesians 1.13, you were included in Christ when you heard the word of the truth, the gospel of salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. We're in Christ. There's some new prayers. One time God told me to wipe all my prayers off. Like a whiteboard just came in front of me and he said, okay, wipe all your prayers off. I went, but I've got some security in my prayers. They're in heaven. I know I prayed some things. This was about 10 years ago. And God said, just wipe it all off. Just wipe it all off. Once you do that today, you want some, who wants something new in their life? I do. Yeah, well, you know what? Wipe off what's there. Wipe it off, wipe it off, wipe it off. Hey, I want something new. Now, you go ahead and write what you want to write in my life. You write your identity on me. You seal upon me what the Holy Spirit sees, what he can use, what he can work with. Ephesians 2.10 says, We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Hey, what's up ahead for for me to do? You know, it's very scary, some of the things. You, you see that God wants you to stand in places before microphones, share. You know what? Never mind. Just what's he prepared? Where, where are the cameras? Where are the lights? Where, is the, where are the microphones? Where is this big stuff? I don't seek great things for myself, but I ask you, Lord, to use me. Ask God to use you. Ask him. It's okay to clap, dance around, whatever. We're not going to jump on you. We're going to go, oh, okay. It's just J. John being J. John. It's just Gosha being Gosha. Just Rod being Rod. I live with him. I can say that. First Peter 2.9 says, You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, we're a holy nation. A people belong. I belong to God. Don't mess with me. If you mess with me, you mess with God. It's not arrogant. It's not prideful. It's just I know I belong to him. So when I think of something less, I think, well, do you like this? And many times I've gone to the place of going to buy something, and I get this, no, 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 this prompting. And I think, okay, fine, I don't buy it. And then there's something better. God's got something better. First Peter 2, 9, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. I remember looking at a house, and it just said, home, came so big. But you know what? Rod and I weren't in agreement but I know that's my home. So I know someday I'm going to live there. 
I'm not against him. He's not against me. But there's going to come a right timing when God's going to bring all the... And we're in this year to fight, to stretch out, to declare, I am a child of God. I belong to God. Why don't you just turn to somebody and say, I belong to God. Yeah. I belong to God. In, um, in psychology, I wrote this down, identity is the qualities, benefits, personality looks and or expressions that make it, make up a person, you know, self-identity. I remember, I think it was uh, Dutch Sheets, no, maybe it was Francis in the car, somebody in the car like that, and he said, you have freedom, like God said to me, you have freedom to be yourself in Christ. I had to think about that for a minute. Yeah, you have freedom to be yourself, but in Christ. We are a spirit-led church. We are a holy, holy church. We are set apart. You can wear whatever you want. You can flow with the Holy Spirit. You're a word person, but you're a spirit person. And we're not, it's not by accident Pastor Steve is coming through and there's this hookup of the glory. I, I just, I realized something. After going to heaven and seeing what I saw, I realized it's been wrong of me to expect the whole body of Christ to want that. Why would you want heaven if you haven't really seen it? So you have to ask God, how can I walk higher and deeper with you? And you have to do that alone. It's not me praying for you or dead you or anybody else here, Abby. It's you doing it. God, I remember laying hands on the paper and saying, God, don't you have anything for my life? And this little advert jumped out, famous impresario, Sikh secretary. And I thought, hmm, sounds fun. Don't know what an impresario is, but it sounds fun. Anyway, it turned out to be Brian Epstein. And everybody wanted to know how I got the job. People want to know, how on earth did you end up working for the Beatles? That's what they used to ask me all the time. And I used to think, stupid, I just prayed. Doesn't God have anything else for your life? You need to pray. When you don't know how to pray. Aligning with God, giving, sowing, pouring yourself out. You know. I just feel like we should probably stop and pray. Uh, There are many, many scriptures to go through about redemption. But it's enough for you to think about it. How and what can be redeemed? You know, God told me years and years ago, you're going to see more in your day than you ever saw. And I laughed, just like Sarah. I just laughed. I thought, are you being funny? You know, coming out of the Beatles' office in 1967, 66, you know, there were kids everywhere, and they were all, oh, did you, did Paul come in today? Did you touch him? Did he touch you? You know, did he have a cigarette? Do you have a cigarette end? I used to think, oh, how revolting. 
You know, why on earth would you want a cigarette end that Paul McCartney left in an ashtray? Of course, I wouldn't even touch it. Are you kidding? They wanted. The idolatry was so strong. Okay. I want you to stand up, and I want the worship team to come up, and I want us to get in the spirit, and I want you to go higher than you've ever gone before. I don't know what they're going to sing. We're not called to evil. We're called to goodness. And maybe you lack some faith in your life. But you know where faith comes? By hearing. And hearing the word of God. So I want you to just let the music kind of take you. Let us kind of go. I don't know if somebody can tell me what the time is. I don't know. Oh, well, so we're a bit early. That's good. But I want you to Open yourself up. Act like there's nobody else in the room. You know, feel free to go if I put you guys on the spot. (laughs) I have a habit of doing that. I'll just warn you. I don't care. I was put on the spot. I was told in Los Angeles that I needed to get born again, and I was actually quite irritated. I thought, I grew up in England. I grew up in a Christian country. I went to a Christian school. Are you serious? And this friend of mine, actually from South Africa, who lived in California, said, no, but you must be born again. What do you mean I must be born again? You must be born again. Will you let me say a prayer? So I said, sure. So he said, Jesus, come into my heart. I thought that was weird. How can Jesus come into my heart? And he said, Do you want more? I said, yeah, I want all that God's got. He said, okay, Holy Spirit, come in. Come into me, Holy Spirit. Come and help me. So I prayed. And you know what? I couldn't stop shakalakahanda. (laughs) I couldn't stop speaking in tongues. What did JJ say? Where's my Honda? JJ Egan. God. He was like, what did he say? Well, what? I come on a Honda. It was just like, what? I felt like that was irreverent. No. Well, I felt like it was. But that's me. But anyway, declare God can have access to redeem your life, your spirit. Holy Spirit can come in that you'll begin to hear his voice and know him. You know what the word says. You'll be able to become a warrior, not be a wimp. You'll be able to say, no weapon formed against me will prosper. You'll be able to stand up in the spirit. I'm not having those evil spirits. Come, tell me what to do in Jesus' name. And you become bold. I was thinking about something this morning. These guys have gotten really bold in the power of music, and it's great. So let them lead you. Trust. Learn to trust. Learn to give it up. Okay. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you that you're seated on the throne. Mm. Thank you that you're sorting things out, that we're your workmanship. I might be under workmanship, Father, but I thank you that you're taking me to new realms of your spirit. And I thank you, Holy Spirit. You are the healer. You are the one that brings the healing power that we are delivered from lumps and bumps and warts and pains and goodness knows what. We're just delivered. 
We're chosen. We're handpicked by you. And I thank you. Yeah, come on, sing it out. Because I love to pray. We believe you've really enjoyed this message. For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday 